Good morning, Hope Ames. It is so good to see you. My name is Danny Householder. I'm a campus pastor here at Hope Ames, and it is just a thrill to be worshiping with you this morning. Uh, you hear it all the time, and I'm going to say it again like I always do. We believe it's no accident that you're here. We've been praying for you, and it is truly an honor and a privilege to worship with you this morning. Um, you saw in that video there some growth that was taking place. You ever think about how crazy growth is? I'm talking about the organic, natural growth that happens in the world. Um, a lot of you have told me recently that my hair is getting long, uh, like 90% of you, um, and that's fine. It doesn't bother me. Uh, if you want to know the truth, I'm not trying to make a statement. My barber uh, went on paternity leave for like four months. I texted him like September. I said, hey, are you, are you coming back to work? He said, this baby's crazy, man. I, uh, I can't do it. Um, and so it wasn't intentional. Uh, I told my wife one day, I said, hey, Abby, somebody at church complimented my hair. And she, and she said, well, what'd they say? I said, well, they said it was getting long. And she said, Danny, that's not really like a compliment. <laughs> but it, it just, it grows. And it didn't dawn on me until like a few weeks ago when I looked in the mirror one day. Uh, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, it, it is long. And I wasn't complimenting myself. It's funny, I didn't even realize it was happening. I could have stared at my hair all day long and I wouldn't have noticed that it was growing. It's happening all around me all the time. It's happening all around you all the time. Growth is happening. Sometimes we don't like growth. Sometimes we don't like growth at all. You remember puberty? Maybe you're terrified of puberty. Uh, I was a late bloomer, to say the least. My mom's here today. She could vouch for me on that. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I still had the same voice that I had when I was five. And it was horrible. Imagine being a junior in high school and still walking around like Mickey Mouse. Hi, everybody. Ah! And so I was really looking forward to my voice dropping. And at 16 years old, my voice started to crack. And all of a sudden, I was not wanting my voice to drop anymore. I was fine with it say saying the same. I didn't want to grow because I was humiliated. When I was a senior in high school, my voice was still cracking. And I was doing the Lord's Prayer at the baccalaureate. Everybody knew I was a pastor's kid, so I should know the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> For thine is the kingdom, power, glory. I was so embarrassed by my growth that I forgot to ask for forgiveness. I skipped an entire line. Sometimes we don't like the process of growth. We don't like what we have to go through. And yet growth is just happening. It's happening all around us all the time, and it makes us uncomfortable. But it's happening. Jesus talks about this in the scriptures. In Mark chapter 4, he tells a story about a farmer. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who scatters the seed on the ground. The seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't even understand how it happens. Growth is this crazy concept, especially the organic kind. It's something that we can't stop. It's something that we can't even necessarily understand. And yet it's happening around us all the time. Some of you know a lot more about growing seeds than I would because you're agronomists. I know that we have a few of those in Ames. But even the best agronomists in the world are still learning more about seeds and how they're growing. There are complexities, there are intricacies that are happening within, within that seed. And just like this farmer that Jesus was talking about once upon a time, the truth is today, we see plants growing around us, we're like, whoa! I could stare at it all day. I wouldn't even notice a change. But if I come back to it later, sure enough, the growth is happening around me all the time. Can you relate to this farmer? You don't necessarily know how it's happening, but it's happening. If you walk into our house, this is not my wife's fault. This is my fault. If you walk into our house and you take a look at our plants, you'll notice something. They're plastic. They're not real. 
It's because the unfortunate little trees and flowers that come into my possession live short and miserable lives. They just can't make it. I, I don't understand how to help them grow. And yet, even me, the terrible gardener, I look outside, and I'm just going to tell you, it's not bragging if it's true, I got a green lawn. <laughs> it is so green. Now, it wasn't always like that because, you know, this summer was really dry. And there was a moment this summer when I was ready to rip up the sod and say, that's it, I'm done. I'm done. We're going to have rocks in our front yard. That's just what we're going to have. Welcome to Phoenix. <laughs> but sure enough, it came back to life. In our yard, can you tell that my wife and I are first-time homeowners? Like, this matters to me. Every day I wake up, I say, behold, woman, look at your grass. It's green. She said, yeah, mow it, please. You know, it's not well-kept, but it is green. Growth is happening. Jesus says that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. We can't always notice that it's happening if we're just staring at it, but it's happening all around us all the time. Sometimes it makes us uncomfortable, but it's happening. And growth is a good thing. It is. I think that this church is proof of it, that God grows things. Listen, I, I've done nothing for the grass, and yet it's still growing. I don't understand how it grows. And God's a better gardener than I am. God's a better farmer than I am, much better. At the same time, God's better at growing people, too. Take a look at the room around you. Hope Ames was not always like this. I want to invite you to participate in an exercise. So this is not a picture of today, but nonetheless, this is what an auditorium will sometimes look like on a Sunday morning. And if you are here today and you are able, would you please stand to say, I'm here? Go ahead, everybody, stand up on your feet. I promise this won't be that weird. It'll be a little weird, but not that weird. So if you're here today, you're standing up to say, I'm here. Turn to the next to you and say, I'm here. You're here, and I'm so glad that you're here. Of course, this is not the only place that Hope Ames has ever worshipped before. If you are someone who joined us for the Christmas drive through in the arena, or the rodeo arena here in Ames, go ahead and remain standing. If you joined us, there were over a thousand people who joined us for that. Pretty exciting stuff. Pretty cool. Awesome. If you missed it, where were you? <laughs> Merry Christmas! It's not the only place that we ever uh, worshipped. We also worshipped across the hallway in the gym uh, because we got kicked out of here one morning. So we were in the gym. If you were in the gym with us ever on a worshipping morning in the gym, go ahead and stand on up. Awesome. Cool. All right. There were some of us who were there. Here's a tricky one. I don't think a lot of us will be standing for this one. Last year when the COVID uh, thing was really at its uh, peak, we were worshipping outside in a park. Go ahead and remain standing if you were worshiping with us there. Go ahead and stand back up if you worshiped with us in the park. Very cool. Awesome. Okay, now we're going to go really far back, okay? Once upon a time, we had a space called The Link. Not The Link we have now, but The Old Link on Stang Road in Ames. And another weekend where we got kicked out of here, we worshiped in that tiny little office space. And if you were there that morning on October 22nd, 2017, I just remember it. Go ahead and stand on up. Holy smokes. You're still here. I can't believe it. That's awesome. Now we're going to go really far back. We, uh, we have a new place called The Link. It used to be called Zeke's. And before we were even an official campus of Lutheran Church of Hope, we were a local site and we just gathered and watched an online service every single week. If you were at Zeke's, would you go ahead and stand on up? Pretty crazy. 
Pretty nuts. I tell you what, it's incredible what this has grown into. But even before we were a local site, there was an even smaller group of people who gathered together, and they just ate lunch together at a picnic, the first ever Hope Ames gathering. Kind of Hope Ames, kind of not, really just wondering what could this be. If you were at that picnic, go ahead and stand on up. Wow. God's really grown something, hasn't he? Now there's something even, I, oh, you wait. You wait. I know, praise God. Don't let me stop you. And even before that, there was this leadership team that was basically a church council without a council. And they were going around from place to place looking for somewhere that they could imagine gathering. And if you were uh, a part of those days searching for that, would you remain standing? Wow, praise God. God is not just better at growing grass. God is better at growing people. God is better at growing church. Let me tell you this, I am not good at growing plants. I'll also tell you this, I don't know how to grow a church on my own. I don't know how to do it. There are days when I try and it doesn't work out very well. But God's good at it. I don't understand how it happens, but the grass in my front yard, it keeps on growing. I don't understand how it happens, but God keeps on growing this church. God's better with plants, God's better with people, and it is a beautiful thing. God's proving God can grow anything. I mean, it's just a few people who are standing at the end. And look what it's turned into. It's incredible. Jesus talks about this in the Bible reading that you heard this morning in Matthew chapter 13. He says, the smallest things can grow into something huge. He talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the tiniest of seeds that they would have known about back then. And Jesus says, God is the one who can grow that into something beautiful, something incredible, grow it into, into some sort of potential that is beyond human expectation or ability. God is this incredible gardener. And he can take the smallest things and turn it into something huge. Now here at Hope Ames, I want to tell you, look beyond the numerical growth, and that is astounding. And there's something even more beautiful about the seeds that are growing here. You'll hear about stories in a video that you're about to see and also in some videos and stories that you'll hear at the field meetings that are coming up. Please, please, please attend those. You'll be moved. You'll be inspired. This is a church where wandering souls have found a home. This is a place where hurting has met healing. This is a place where Christians whose faith has gone to rest have woken up in full force. This is a place where the Holy Spirit has faithfully nourished our souls and grown us into something that was beyond our expectations or abilities on our own. We don't understand exactly how it happens, the complexity of it, the intricacies, and yet God's still doing it. It's deeper than what you see on the surface. It's even more beautiful than that. And something I'm so excited about is that I believe that God's calling us to something even better, even bigger. Numerically, fine. Fine. But even the more beautiful things than that. God uh, seems to have a way with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Tell, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The, the apostle Paul writes, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Hear me on this. I absolutely believe with certainty that the best is yet to come for this congregation. The best is yet to come for Hope Ames. I believe that the time is now. I believe that God is calling us into a new season of planting. And it's called Field of Hope. And it starts now. Because the time is now. I believe that God's called us to purchase land. 
Not as a gift to ourselves. Hear me loud and clear on that. I, I acknowledged this last week and I want to say it again this week. It's not a reward to ourselves because we've grown and that's great and exciting. This is a gift for the community. This is a place where other people can call home. God has given us great things. So what do we do with that? We don't keep it to ourselves. We're not purchasing land so that we can stay alone, so we can stay isolated. We're purchasing land so we can open our doors even wider. Rather than just hear it from me, I want you to hear it from somebody in our church um, who graciously agreed to an interview. Um, you'll see one interview during this sermon, but come on out to the field meeting and you're going to see multitudes of stories about how God has worked through this congregation. Now God is calling us into something even greater, even better. You're going to hear from a guy named Dan who's been with Hope Aim since the very beginning. You're going to hear about some of the things that he's seen, some of the things they believe God's calling us to, and why we're being called to it. Take a look. We had been going to West Des Moines for at least six years before uh, Ames became a thing. When we moved to Ames, we were still driving, commuting back and forth to West Des Moines every single week. And that was great, but there was, there was no time to volunteer. There was no time for kids' stuff or the, you know, all the other stuff that goes into church. Sundays were about as best we could do. But we had that drive to want to do more. And you know, we felt like looking at other churches around, but nothing else quite felt right. So when the opportunity came about, an email from Mark Brandt all those years ago to meet at the park for a barbecue and a meet and greet, like, all right, this is it, this is our chance. And so we jumped at that opportunity, first ones to respond, and, and we're like, we're gonna be involved in this all the way. I can't comprehend how amazing that's going to be. For all the reasons, right? We've been the mobile church for so long, setting up, whether it's in the auditorium or in the parks or Campanile, in the gym for the weekend, one weekend a year. It's become normal to us in a way, like I've been doing it every other weekend for the last five and a half years plus. You know, it's had its positives and negatives, but having our place of our own. I imagine it being kind of like the Memorial Union on campus. People coming and going all day, every single day. Things happening, an energy, right? A special energy that's there that you definitely get in West Des Moines when you walk into that building. Even if it's empty, there's, a, there's an energy there. And so in having the evening events, the large crowds, you know, we're not limited by seven, eight person tables like we are in the link. Having the ability to open it up to the broader community too and do church, right? Here in Ames. It's a home for all people. It's not a reward for us. It's a gift to this community. Jesus, uh, in that same instance where he's talking about the mustard seed. It's recorded in Matthew or Mark chapter 4 as well. And he concludes it with talking about the mustard seed, saying it becomes the largest of all garden plants. That small little thing it becomes the largest of all garden plants, and it grows branches so that birds can make nests in its shade. It's this small little thing, the kingdom of heaven, but it grows into something so big and so marvelous that it has a branch and a space for every single person. And every single person can feed from that tree. Live from that tree. Nourish from that tree. That's what we're expecting. We are not purchasing a reward for ourselves. Instead, we're buying a gift for this community to experience. We're not going to a place where we can shut away. We're opening our doors wider than ever before. That's the purpose. 
Just before Jesus tells this story about the mustard seed and about the farmer, he also talks about what it means to really have something in life. What it really means to grow. What it really means to get where you want to get. Earlier in Mark chapter 4, it says this, Be wary of the shrewd advice that, you, uh, that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Stinginess, it only impoverishes. I think that the simpler way to say that, for modern speakers, I suppose, is that the way to being, filled is not by, the way to being fulfilled is not by filling yourself. The way to having more is not by keeping things to yourself. Those who give are the ones who have the most. Those are the ones who are, the people who are the most fulfilled in life are the ones who empty themselves for others. I need to stop myself for a quick moment because I know that when we're talking about a giving campaign, you might think, okay, well, this is the part where we're going to start to talk about how we need to feed up the cash, right? Because this is going to take a miracle. And I'm telling you this, yes, it will take a miracle to be able to purchase land for our congregation and for this community. There's no doubt about it. But I'm talking about something that's deeper than money. See, this is not a fundraiser. You're not going to, and fundraisers have like their good purposes, their good, their, their good times and for good causes, and, and they're very, very important, but this isn't a fundraiser. You're not going to hear me say, hey, I'll run a certain amount of miles if you donate a certain amount of cash. We're not going to guilt you. We're not going to gimmick you. I'm not going to ask my wife to come up here, cake on the mascara and weep and cry and say, baby needs shoes. You know, we're not going to do that. We don't do that. We're not expecting, but I'm just, I always need to say that. <laughs> always need to say that. This is us sharing what God's given to us. This is about us opening our doors. I'm talking about something today even deeper than money. You want to find out about the details. You want to find out about the land. You want to find out about what it's going to cost. You want to find out about what it's going to take for us to purchase land. Come to the field meeting. I invite you to be a part of that. But I want to talk to you about the vision. I want to talk to you about growth. I want to talk to you about what I believe God is calling us to be as a church. And who he's calling us to welcome. And where he's calling us to welcome them to. Jesus is calling us to welcome people home. Homes were a big deal for, for Jesus. He spent a lot of time in homes. Have you read the stories of Jesus? We talked about it last week in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus' first interaction with Matthew, he says, hey, I'm going to your house. He says to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, I'm going to your house today. To a leper, somebody who is shunned from the rest of society, he says, I want to show up in your house. Homes were a big deal to Jesus. It wasn't just when he showed up in their homes, but also there are stories where, where scholars will tell us it is very likely that Jesus was welcoming people into the home that he was staying in. Take a look at the story where Jesus heals the paralyzed man. Jesus is in a home and people are flooding his house. And Jesus says, come on in, spend time in my home. Homes are very important to Jesus. And I think that is so special because there's something so intimate and powerful and deep and connecting about joining somebody in their home. When I moved to Ames four and a half years ago, it was incredible. This group of people, that small little group that you saw from the very beginning, they started welcoming me into their homes. They asked me over for dinner. We'd stay up late. We'd have converse, conversations, talking about everything and nothing all at the same time, talking about dreams for this church, talking about dreams for our lives, talking about our families. We talked about everything. And it was so special for me to be welcomed into their homes. It's nice when you can meet somebody in a neutral place and you can have those conversations, but there's something even more powerful about being welcomed where someone lives. On one particular night, two of my friends, Alan and Roberta, they welcomed me into their house and we sat there, we ate. Again, we talked late into the night. We're laughing. I even choked up a few times. It was an emotional night. 
So fun to talk to them, learn about them, for them to learn about me, to share our lives with one another. When I walked in that night, I walked in the front door, and on my way out, they said something to me that I'll never forget. They said, you know, when you came in, you came in through the front door, but we want you to leave through the side door, the door that we come into our home through. And I felt so appreciated. I felt so loved. I felt like it was my home. That's the kind of church we want to be. We are the kind of church where we are going to welcome people in. We're doing our best at this as of now, but we're going to keep on growing. We welcome people in and we tell them, come in the exact same way that we come in as one family. They are our family. They are welcome in this home. It's not a reward for us. This is a home that is welcome for them. It is a seed that grows into the most beautiful tree. In Daniel chapter 4, there's this talk about a tree. You know, Jesus is talking about seeds and trees. And for us, we think, well, that's a beautiful metaphor. What does it really mean? Well, in Jesus' day, when he's talking about trees, especially to his Jewish contemporaries, they would have remembered things from the Old Testament. The prophets in the Old Testament, they would talk about trees that would touch the sky. In Daniel chapter 4, we hear this. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth reaching high into the heavens. There's this tree. And it was like this connecting piece. It grew from the earth to heaven. It was welcoming us back into God's home where the entire world can be fed. There's a tree and we believe if I could get to the top, I'd be fed. That's where I need to get, right? I have a question for you. How do you get to the top in your world? What do you believe gets you to the top? What do you believe says you really made it? This is going to be a tree, this church. This is going to be a home where all people are welcome. It's going to be a thing that I believe connects people with heaven, connects people with the kingdom of God, where every single person can be fed. How do we get there? How do you use what you have to get to the top? I want to use Jesus' illustration, if you don't mind. Imagine I have these seeds. Not imagine, I literally have these seeds in my hand, right? And on me right now, I have nothing that's worth value. I mean, I guess other than the clothes that I'm wearing. And I could take these seeds, right? They're like not worth a lot. They're not worth a lot at all. But I suppose if I took them to the market, maybe I could take my entire handful of seeds and I could, I don't know, sell them for 50 cents. And I could tell myself, well, I only got 50 cents, so I better hold on to this. I better defend it with my entire life, because if I lose this 50 cents, I lose everything I got. I don't have very much, so I better hold on to what I got. So we started to believe that if I hold on to what I have, maybe I could accumulate more, and that's what will get me to the top. The way up is up, right? Come on, keep on adding just a little bit more. Add a little bit more to my pile every single day. And then, ah, now I don't have 50 cents worth, I have a dollar's worth. This is great, I'm making progress. I'll hold that for myself. But remember, giving begets giving. Holding it to yourself impoverishes the world. Surprisingly, it impoverishes you too. If I hold on to these seeds and do absolutely nothing with them, just keep them in my pocket to myself, you know what will happen, right? There will never be growth. A miracle won't come out of them. But imagine this, if I let go of my seeds, if I give them up, if I send them down into the ground, 
you know what's going to happen. It's going to grow. And it'll be uncomfortable for the plant to grow up, for the tree to grow up. I'm going to have to put my seed down. For a tree to live, I'm going to have to let my seed die. That's difficult, isn't it? We live in a world where we are told the way up is up. The way to be fulfilled is to fill yourself. The way to have more is to accumulate more. And Jesus, through the scriptures, and God through his word, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, he is telling us the way up is down, and the way down is up. You're living in a world, and you believe that you see it for the right way, but you're seeing the world upside down. Jesus came into the world to turn it right side up. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are trying to help the world see things right side up. And the best way that we can do that is by going to the low places, by laying our things down, knowing that for in order for a tree to live, our seed might have to die. But when our seed dies, the growth is happening all around us all the time. Are we going to join God in that? Are we going to be a part of it? What do you have? And I'm not talking about money. What do you have? What fills you? What do you think heaven looks like? What do you think the kingdom of God is supposed to be? What is it that you're holding on to that you believe you can't let go down into the earth, that you don't believe God can grow something miraculous out of? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your passions? What are you doing with your relationships? Are you using them to get up, to get elevated, or are you sending yourself into the low places, knowing that down is up and up is down? You ever had an experience in your life where you just realized that, where it finally hit you? So another confession for you. Um, I preached a sermon within the last year that I just, I, I hated it. I was so upset, so mad afterward. My poor wife, she had to listen to me complain about it. Oh, I just blew it. Nobody's going to come back next week. It's over. The funny thing is, is I didn't feel like that before the sermon. To be quite frank with you, I felt really good before the sermon. I felt like I had really good stuff. It was complicated. It was heavily theological. I was ready to go. And then about halfway through, I realized I couldn't find my footing. This was really hard. I got scared. And by the time that I walked down, I just felt dejected, discouraged. I was really humbled. I was disappointed. And I couldn't let it go. I came up feeling so confident and I went down feeling so broken and sad. And quite frankly, felt like I let a lot of you down. I was talking to someone that I really look up to and as he was listening to the story, he said, hey, have you ever heard that story, the old preaching story about the young preacher? And he sent it to me and I read it and it just struck me. There was a young preacher who strutted to the pulpit expecting to wow the congregation he humbly walked out of the pulpit after the sermon because he bombed it. <laughs> what happened? He asked his mother. The wise mother counseled him, son, if you would have gone up to the pulpit the way you came down, you would have been able to come down the way you went up. 
The way up is down. The way down is up. I believe God's growing us into a tree, a beautiful tree, a beautiful home where all people are going to be welcome. But before the tree, there is a seed. You know, Jesus was a seed. Jesus talks about being the light of the world. Jesus talks about being something that grows into something beautiful. Jesus was a seed. He went down. I mean, he went down. He's the Lord of the universe. And he went down. You say, oh yeah, yeah, he went down. He became a human, right? No, before that. Yeah, right, he was born as a baby, right? Before that. He was an embryo. Think smaller. Think single cell. The Lord of the universe became a single cell. Do you see how low he went? How far down he went? He was a seed. And he went deep down into the soil. And no, he didn't grow into a literal physical tree. But he was nailed to one. And he didn't win over losers, he won through losing. He didn't triumph over defeat, he triumphed through defeat. He didn't influence by manipulating others, he, manipul- he influenced through serving others. He didn't get power by stealing it from someone else. He had power in the way that he shared every last bit of it. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that even though he was God, he didn't see his divine privileges as something to take advantage of for himself, but instead, he humbled himself. In Philippians chapter 2 on the next slide. He gave up his divine privileges. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. No, he didn't grow into a literal physical tree, but he was nailed to one. Jesus looks at me said for you to go up I went down for you to live I died for you to be welcomed home I was buried in the ground the Lord of the universe became a single cell and I wonder oh, would I do that and would I become an amoeba I don't want to hold anything back anymore church I know that anything that I keep for myself, I never really had it anyway. What good does it do me? I know that anything in me that doesn't die will not be resurrected. Church, let's be the church that is known for following Jesus into the low places. Let's be the church that is known for scattering the seed. Let's be the church who is known for not holding on to things for ourselves, but to trust God and understand that giving begets giving. And I'm not just talking in a monetary sense, but I'm talking with our lives. I'm talking with our hearts. I'm talking with our time. I'm talking with our passions. I'm talking with our relationships. I'm talking with our influence. I'm talking with our power or lack of power. I'm talking with our service. 
Let us send it down to the lowest of places so that we see this tree rise up because Christ did not grow into a literal physical tree, but he was nailed to a tree. And on the cross, he's saying, I am the connection piece between heaven and earth. I am the kingdom of God coming to you. I came down. You don't have to go up. I came down. Come under my branches. There is a space for everyone and every single one of you will be fed by my tree. Every single one of you will be fed and you will be nourished and you will grow. And sometimes it'll make you uncomfortable. Sometimes it'll make you, if you can keep, it'll make you wonder, can I keep going? Can I keep trusting this process? Can I keep on giving? And Jesus says, I keep on giving to you. I keep on providing your nourishment. I keep on watering you. I keep on putting my life into you. I keep on saving you. He keeps on serving you. He keeps on fulfilling you. He emptied himself, and in emptying himself, he was full. He was glad. It was his joy. It was his joy to hang on a cross and to see that you would eat from his tree. He says, I'm the tree. I'm the connecting point. Obeys. That's who we follow. We're not telling people come up with us. We're going down however low we have to go to grow a tree, to show people that heaven has come to earth. The kingdom of God is near, Jesus says. We don't have to hold on to our stuff to accumulate more and get to the top ever again. Jesus was nailed to a tree. He connected heaven and earth like the prophets always said God would and in that tree there's a branch for every bird and all will be fed all will be fed so as we're following Jesus today I want you to practice this I want you to take advantage of this opportunity this morning you got a prayer card on your way in this morning and it says something so simple And this is a question I invite you to ask God over the next three weeks as we join in on this campaign called Field of Hope. The question is, God, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for this church? Not our will. Not what we want. God, what do you want? What do you want to do through me? What what do you want to have that you've given me? What do you want me to share that wasn't ever mine? to accomplish your will for this church. I invite you to write a reflection on there. What's God calling you to? What are you asking God in response to that? What are you worried about? What is your fear? And as you come down for communion today, we're going to hand you one of those uh, prepackaged cups with communion. It's got the bread and the grape juice in there. And I just want you to drop this in in the basket. You don't have to write your name on there or anything. But please know that we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray over every single one of these. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that Jesus listens to us because he came down to be with us, to speak with us, to live with us, to be at home with us. So as you fill this out, I mean, I'm talking like dream big, dream huge. And again, I'm not talking about money today. I'm talking about what's God given you and what's he asking you to share. What's he asking you to put in the ground so that it grows into a tree?
Think about that, write it, reflect over it, and know that you're being prayed for. And remember always that Jesus was the seed who buried himself in the ground willingly. On the night that he was betrayed, he gave thanks, he broke bread, he gave it to his disciples to eat. He said, take and eat. This bread is my body and it's given for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Then again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks. He poured it out for all of them to drink. He said, this cup is the new covenant. It's my blood. It's shed for you and for the forgiveness of all sins. And when you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. The uh, prayer that I messed up in high school is the prayer that we're going to read and recite together now. It's the words that Jesus taught us, and especially today, especially today. Don't just let these be words that you read. Don't let them be words that fly over your head. Embrace them. Especially when we talk about your kingdom come, God. Because his kingdom has come. It's a home. It's a tree where all of creation is fed. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.